0: In this episode, I'm joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the third season of Batwoman. Now, as we record this, there's no word that it's, if it's going to get a fourth season or not. By the time this episode goes up, hopefully that will have been decided. And it was a 13-episode season, Mm -hmm. so short season compared to what they've done for other seasons in the past. But frankly, on par with what they've been doing for Stargirl, Legends of Tomorrow some of those shows. So I think they've got kind of their I don't want to say their premier shows in their second tier, but kinda.
1: Well but CW has also been kind of pressed in terms of they've been trying to put out a lot of content with a limited number of time slots.
0: I agree and you say that I I, I totally hear it. That makes sense. But didn't you just send me a link the other day where they were reaching out for Canadian programming to, to put on CW?
1: They're trying to diversify their content. And they're branching out from the original agreement, which was that 50% of the content would be from CBS, 50% would be from Warner Brothers.
0: Well, in both CBS having Paramount Plus or whatever it is, and Warner having the HBO Plus or whatever, plus- HBO Max. HBO Max, whatever it is. It makes sense they're going to stream on those things. So I think CW is in a very interesting position in terms of where it's- where it is and where it's going versus where it's been, where the, the programming has come from.
1: Well, financially, the CW was in a stronger position when the Arrowverse shows aired on the CW, season ended, and then they went to Netflix.
0: Yeah. The fact they don't have the outside streaming revenue coming. Because if it's streaming on you know HBO Max and stuff, that's an in-house agreement. It, it's not bringing outside money into the company. Right. Or companies, as it may be. And I think between all of those factors and Arrow having kind of closed down a chapter of the Arrowverse, and we still got Flash, Supergirl's ended, Black Lightning's ended, there's a little bit of a, a changing of the guard to be had here. Mm-hmm. And this show is not at all tied into, like what, uh, as far as I know at least, and we haven't watched the season of Superman and Lois, but isn't tied into there. And I know at one point... Before they had changed Batwoman, I think there was talk about doing like a World's Finest thing, either crossing over Supergirl with Batwoman or Superman with Batwoman. And I think that could be interesting, but this show is reasonably freestanding. We have had some crossovers with Diggle showing up from Arrow in here, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool. But other than that, it's, it's its own thing.
1: Well, and a lot of that really feels like it's keeping Diggle in play. Yes. For when Diggle does something, presumably in Metropolis?
0: Well, there was the talk of him going to Metropolis at the end of Arrow. There was rumor he might show up in the Green Lantern show for HBO Max, although I don't know where that stands or if that was even really the plan. I've heard talk of a Justice You show that he may kind of lead with younger heroes that he's, he's mentoring and such. And where they're going with the the Arrowverse, and the, the shows in general is interesting because I'm also hearing about a Gotham Knights show done by a lot of the people behind the Berlanti shows, yet not a spinoff of Batwoman here. Mm-hmm. And the premise of that one is A. Robin and the kids of some of the villains are kind of protecting Gotham in Batman's absence. Whereas here, we've got Ryan Wilder, previously Kate Kane as Batwoman protecting Gotham in Batman's absence. And, again, I've talked about this before, you go over to Titans, and there was a season where the Titans are doing, you know, protecting Gotham in Batman's absence. So it's, it's like, there are other plans, guys.
1: Well, but also going with your Gotham Knights comment, I think what they learned really early in this Batwoman show is the most interesting character is Alice. And frankly, the character who they've tried to take on the most interesting journey has yep. been Atlas.
0: Well, she got another full arc this season, mm-hmm. unsurprising. And she is the constant in this show. Yeah. Because we start with her, we, we've got her through the end of third season. It's unclear if she'll be back next season or not. It depends if they get another season and if so, where they go with that.
1: I Well, on the one hand, I can foresee a time jump. Absolutely. On the other hand, I can see her only being away a month or two.
0: She could just basically have gotten there and said, yeah, it wasn't for me, and come back. Yeah. She could come back seemingly cured. There's a number of ways they could go.
1: Well, but she could also go there and be trying to kind of rock the system, if you will, trying to go with the program. And actually have Mary show up with the, I didn't know how much I did need you. Mm-hmm going to the flip side of some of what they did this season.
0: Yes. There's a lot more they can do with the character, not a lot more they have to do with the character.
1: This season they did a good job with the neither of us is the sister we
0: wanted. Well, it, it's funny because the show started out as kind of the Kane family drama. Yes, With definitely. the sisters and stuff. In this season, we got very much the family drama, both with Ryan Wilder's long-lost family and, like you said, the two Cain, remaining Cain sisters and that kind of thing. And the, the family dynamic was hard at play. So there's a lot of aspects where the show is very much the same as it started out to be. Mm-hmm. We've got Jada Jett in place of... Oh,
1: Jacob Kane. Jacob
0: Cain. Uh, so a father versus mother, different family, but the same archetypal kind of out of costume. There's the love interest. There's the family dynamic. There's all of those things.
1: In some ways, I'd say Jade is more interesting.
0: I think they're doing... Well, I would agree with that, but it's funny how there's definite parallels between what they had been doing first season and what they're doing here. Definitely. And how radically different Gotham is here at the end of this season, or really throughout this season, versus when we first see it in Batwoman. Mm -hmm. People are taking armored cars to a charity event or a, a high society event. Because Gotham is so dangerous. Mm -hmm. Gotham doesn't seem to be as dangerous now. That having been said, the entire season was around all of these Batman villain paraphernalia uh, that Batman had kept safe has gotten loose. So they've got to go chase down a Mad Hatter's hat, poison Ivy's ivy that goes and infects somebody. So we wind up with a second poison ivy plus the original coming back. Killer Croc's tooth infecting somebody else and causing another Killer Croc. Which other ones did we get? We got essentially a wannabe second Joker.
1: Mm-hmm, with the Joy Buzzer.
0: With the Joy Buzzer and such. Uh, we get Renee Montoya back. So there are a lot of things that whether they're literally calling back to the Gotham show feel reminiscent of that. Because mm-hmm. it might have even been the same actress who played oh, that's interesting. Uh, Renee Montoya in both. Zaz... I thought it showed up in Gotham, but maybe I was just thinking a previous season here. I, I don't like the character in the comic, but this actor, I think, really pulled him off. He Honestly, made him interesting.
1: I was going to say, the episode he did here, there were times when he was just cracking me up.
0: It was a very Ryan Reynolds sort of approach to the character I, in a yeah. way that worked and didn't feel derivative. So I, I thought that was good.
1: She was the same Renee Montoya as on yeah. Gotham.
0: Who played... Poison Ivy on Gotham because it was uh, Bridget Regan here who I thought did a good job. We only got a season and five episodes in on on Gotham. It started to get a little gross and we just never got back to it. We might have probably will at some point, but it's not at the top of the to watch list. But calling back familiar names and characters, Barbara Keen or whatever, Commissioner Gordon's ex wife, who was a, a major player in the Gotham show. It's stuff that not just comic fans would recognize these characters, TV fans would recognize some of these characters, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of cool.
1: I felt they really dropped Barbara Keene pretty fast.
0: She was there for the episode and gone, and not even did she survive sort of resolution.
1: Yeah, and I really felt we deserved that.
0: Yeah. But you've got to figure there's a lot of here today, gone tomorrow aspects in this Gotham I mean, how many CEOs have they gone through for Wayne Enterprises? Very true. Because I thought at one point it might have been Luke. I forget where we started with that. It was definitely Kate at one point.
1: Oh, well, Luke was sitting in the chair. Whether he was actually CEO, I don't
0: recall. But but we definitely had Kate Kane. Bruce seemed to come back for a while.
1: But that was actually... It was,
0: it was Tommy Tom, Elliott, so yeah. it wasn't Bruce. But as far as the public knew. Yeah. Then we got Ryan. Mm-hmm. Then we get uh, the season Marcus Jet,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: it's back to Ryan. So, I mean, it's it's a revolving door there as far as the public's concerned. Yeah. So, I thought that was was interesting. And going back to the whole family dynamic thing, having Lucius Fox as a, a voice for an AI and such to give a little family drama for, for Luke, I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it played well. It did. It did. And they gave him an arc from being seen as Batwing at the end of last season to actually being Batwing as a hero at the end of this season. Mm -hmm.
1: Earning it in a multitude of senses.
0: Yes, and struggling to earn it. Yeah. There were one or two things we got last season I really would have liked to have seen come back, at least for a guest spot. Uh, Spoiler, the one that was the Clue Master's daughter.
1: Ah, yes.
0: She was a fun character and I thought would be good. Mm -hmm. But we really... And I'm pretty sure Zaz was a callback, but really, other than that, we didn't get a ton of callbacks to previous characters. I think the show was again re- I mean, it sort of reinvented itself first season, based on what we'd seen of the character in the Elseworlds or in the—I um, guess it was the Elseworlds crossover with the Arrowverse stuff, whichever crossover yeah. it was that introduced her. Pretty sure it was that one. When we get to the show, it's changed up a, a little of the dynamic, not radically or whatever. A second season, of course, they had to change up because they swapped Batwomen, And now this one bringing back the Batman villains, at least in spirit, if not literally, well, in the case of Poison Ivy, literally bringing her back.
1: We had no real fallout this season from having taken down the Crows.
0: We get mention of Jacob being in jail or prison or whatever in Metropolis, but that's it.
1: I mean, we're not talking about what former crows are trying to band together and make various security companies. They're rivaling with each other, which to me would be kind of an expected
0: outcome. Well, the closest we got to that was Renee Montoya mentioning how Sophie had sometimes taken a lot of the cases and stuff like that.
1: And really what we see of the uh, GCPD is Renee Montoya in the basement of City Hall because she's no longer a detective.
0: Yeah, the presence... Well, and... not only do we not see what happens with the Crows and that getting cleaned up, the Crows existed because of the corruption in GCPD, and there's no real mention of that this season.
1: Mm-hmm. No mention of GCPD really corrupt see, or
0: otherwise. We see them a number of times.
1: But their background is my point. Well,
0: They're unnamed officers that have no real personality, because there are a couple of times we see them all surrounding Batwoman or whatever. Yeah. But they're props, not characters. And you're right. Not seeing the crows or GCPD really getting addressed was a little surprising. There was also one or two characters when we saw some of the high society stuff this season. Was it Spider? Or was his what was his name? The thief or whatever last season? Um, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I now. know
1: who you mean, though. So yeah. there's a
0: couple they could have brought back. Not to say they had to, but you know, this this season felt reasonably disconnected mm-hmm. from the past too even more carrying a lot of the baggage from it. Yeah. And not in a bad way. It was just kind of interesting. So I enjoyed a lot of what we got, but was surprised how much of the season they spent effectively kicked out of the Batcave Mm -hmm. and how not schizophrenic, but almost indecisive the writers seemed to be on where they were either going with some of the characters or how certain things were being portrayed. You know, is the holdup bar active? Cause at times there's one, uh, one of the later episodes, we see Jada Jet kind of sneaking through the back to go up to to Ryan's place. The place is packed. Yeah. And then not long after, they're use they've apparently closed down. Everyone's out. Didn't seem to be any problem doing that. And they're using that as their tech center. Yeah. And it's just whatever's convenient. Yeah. And that that bothers me a little bit.
1: Well, and it was packed early in the day.
0: Yes, They're Well, I can see day drinking in Gotham.
1: Uh, yeah, yes.
0: It's a dangerous place. But it's funny, it's, it doesn't feel that dangerous this season. Mm. More dangerous last season, certainly the season before.
1: Well, we've taken Alice off the streets.
0: I guess. But at this point, we're 10 years past when Poison Ivy was taken off the streets. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like almost 20 years past the heyday of crime in Gotham. And going the 10 years back, Arrow's been off for, what, two seasons now, essentially? Yeah. So the heyday of, of Gotham crime would have been kind of winding down as Oliver was getting into Starling City and becoming the the hood, or the you know whatever yeah. it was called initially. I just find that funny. Now, of course, that's current timeline, post-crisis, et cetera. And we know crisis changed a number of things. And they at least writ, wrote uh, Kate Kane out in a way that she could still be the Bat of the future, mm. not that they ever really addressed the Paragons. So- they seem to write Alice out at the end. We, she, she may come back, she may not. We've got the, the core group of Ryan, Sophie, Luke, and Mary. Mm-hmm. It was unclear to me if Jada and Marcus would return next season, and if so, in what capacity.
1: They left doors open. I think they will try and bring back at least Jada. Marcus, I'm unsure of. And the question is, did Marcus, did the cure take?
0: Did the cure take? Is Marcus still kind of nuts? And if they bring, I think the characters will be mentioned next season. I think they have to be. And it could just be simply, you know, as a guest star role here and there, recurring maybe they don't have to be regulars.
1: But I think this was the season of Ryan's mother, which almost opens the door for next season to be the season of Ryan's father. Who is
0: the father. Yes.
1: I think that on the one hand, Alice won't come back. I think on the other hand, Beth
0: will come back. I'd like to see Beth come back, but can they make her interesting enough to keep around?
1: I think her having to, and I think they opened the door with Kiki and a little bit of what Mary went through with the poison ivy thing here, her having to reconcile, I want to be Beth. I want to be the person Beth would have been had the car accident never happened. Mm -hmm. Except I have to reconcile myself to the fact that, I am, the, I am Alice, or I was Alice for all that
0: time. What can she do to make right, and how does she try to, to make right?
1: And I think she'll see Team Batwoman as the only way to make right, because it's on the same level as Alice.
0: I think so. I just don't know what role Beth would play in Team Batwoman.
1: And I think that's her mission to discover herself.
0: Kind of her arc for the season?
1: It's the same way Mary had to discover herself as an actual doctor, not just yeah. the Instagram socialite.
0: Well, going, there was a, a bit here at the end where Sophie's just like, I only have 300 followers. I'm like, Mary's right there. Yeah. She was the queen of of social media at the beginning of the show. What happened to that?
1: And I really wanted just a few lines of... I haven't really been posting updates and most of my followers were outside Gotham because, I mean, how many people in Gotham really cared about my clothing and stuff?
0: I actually would have played it the other way. Hey, I still have all of my followers. I thought you'd give them that. No, I just don't talk about it because you never listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is that, which have played with the arc of the season uh-huh, nicely. She's
0: still doing it, but they haven't even noticed would have really underscored. Yeah, it would have. And then if they expressed shock, she also could have, oh, just kidding. But You know what I mean? There's so many ways they could have played that. So I'm I'm curious where they go with that. And it's funny, because I do think there are some other characters from the Bat family they can and probably should bring in. I'd like to see one of the Robins. Mm. And they could either go with Nightwing swinging by for a bit, and I'd just have him be, uh, as much as I'd love to see him as a regular, a guest star I think makes more sense. But the one I think would be the best one probably to bring in, I mean, they could do Tim Drake just coming in to help out with some of the tech or, or whatever, maybe as a friend of Luke's and realizing, oh, he, he is Red Robin or whatever. But I think Damian Wayne, mm. because imagine having him come as the heir apparent to the Wayne Enterprises saying it's my turn to, to be CEO of Wayne Enterprises all you want to be is get out and have him be 13-year-old kid yeah which is pretty much how he is in the comics and he is so sure of himself and if you can cast that right there could be a ton of fun yeah but again don't even know if they're going to get another season
1: well they ha- they kind of left the door open and hinting we have to deal with the literal physical fallout Of the end of this.
0: You're right. You're right. They ended on... I I love that scene because we spent enough time uh, in later episodes at the amusement park in Gotham. Like the first time we're we're in a scene there, I kind of commented to you. It's like, mental note, when in Gotham, never go to the amusement park. Too dangerous. Anyway, that's where they wind up crashing the bat blimp with the, the big you know, toxic stuff to save the day or whatever because nobody's there. It's it's un, unoccupied. But we've got the reporter there because, of course, you're going to have a reporter in the most dangerous place. At least has enough sense to be in a hazmat suit because that's what I want to have to wear on the job. And news crew gets attacked. And I couldn't tell quite who that was supposed to be. It could be Solomon Grundy. There's, was it Dr. Phosphorus maybe? There's a few others that are kind of toxic waste mm. monstrosities that it could be. And there's definitely a, a potential of the monster of the week sort of a thing next season.
1: Is Clayface
0: it, is another possibility, but it didn't look like him.
1: Is it sad I was relieved that it hit the uh, amusement park because that meant it hadn't hit Arkham Asylum?
0: I was thinking it was going to be a lower-income neighborhood and that was going to be Fallout for Batwoman. Ah. Because it was... L- less populated, whatever. Now, one character I do want to mention that they did as a full episode, and they took some slight differences of the character and stuff, and surprisingly enough, toned the character down, for which I was thankful, but one of my least favorite Batman villains is Professor Pig, who in the comics would go around disfiguring people and whatnot. And he showed up here, and it's like, oh man, do we have to? Because I'm I am very squeamish. I will own up to this. There are parts where it's like, okay, I'm putting my hand in front of me. I am blocking my view of stuff that I just don't need those visuals in my brain.
1: I second that motion.
0: And I mean, that was uh, the sort of thing where we hit a roadblock on Gotham. It's like, I, I cannot watch that, you know, when, when they did some stuff. And maybe it didn't get bad after that, whatever. But it was enough to kind of butt me off that show. There was a Blacklist episode that I think was where we stopped early mm-hmm. on few things like that. I've I've just got a low tolerance for that. And this one, they were a little more violent and gory and stuff than than I need, but I don't think it was enough for most people to really, you know, cause problems or something.
1: I thought they dealt with him surprisingly well. In other words, I thought it could have been much, much worse. The line from that episode that actually cracked me up is when he's trying to force Jada to remember him. And Marcus is like, dude, you were the cook in the cafeteria. She probably doesn't even remember making the comment that got you fired.
0: Yes, she probably didn't like the food, mentioned that offhand, and somebody else fired you. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was kind of funny. I mean, overall, I think they did a a good job with the season. Robin Givens as Jade Jet I think did a, a fine job.
1: She did a good job in part because at the beginning of the season, well, it was kind of like Leon Luther over yeah. on Supergirl.
0: Start out as you think they're going to be the villain in a really hard, cold character and get to know them over the course.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely still questions. Absolutely. And I think as the season went on, the writers were kind of realizing, oh wait, okay, the way we wrote this, we implied we answered a question when we didn't.
0: But they didn't play her as the evil corporate mastermind. No. But they definitely played her to where she could have a lot of dark secrets that come out in the future. Yes. As holdovers from the Black Glove Society or whatever it was.
1: Yes. And, well, they definitely played her as the, she only asks the questions she wants to know the answer to.
0: Yep, very much.
1: Which means that she may have avoided asking questions when she wasn't positive she wanted to know the answer.
0: Or when she was positive she didn't want to know the answer. When they had, it was Captain Cole, or uh, Mr. Freeze's uh, cryonic stuff early on. We even get Nora freeze for a bit. When that was being used to experiment on how to freeze and thaw somebody out safely, it turned out to be being done for Jada. And she's like, you know, when she was asking, starting to ask the questions, the guys like that was the agreement. Don't ask questions. And you're right. I don't want to know sort of thing. Yeah. So that one I thought was kind of interesting. Now, the actor who played Marcus, I think, did a terrific job Because that was a character that in the wrong hands could have been so over the top as to be just come on Mm -hmm. or so almost underplayed to be ineffective.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I'm really curious what he's done. He had a definite, I think, charisma to him that made the way he played that role just it seemed like he was having fun with it.
1: It did. And I was teasing you after one of the episodes about I can just imagine when they auditioned him mm-hmm. with kind of a give us your best creepy smile because he did that disturbingly well. Yeah. Um. He does not have all that many credits, but he did eight episodes of Law and Order Organized Crime. Hmm. Um, and it's listed as being at the same time as this. So I think that's the... Uh, Law & Order, the original show, kind of came back.
0: Oh, right, right. I'm curious if he was on the Law, the Order, or the Organized Crime part.
1: That I do not know.
0: Yeah, that that you got to wonder how the auditions go for roles like that, where you've got to have the maniacal laugh, or- Oh,
1: it was the Elliot Stabler show. So um, Law & Order, Organized Crime isn't the return. It's the one where uh, one of the two original SVU partners had gotten his own spinoff.
0: Ah, Okay. I haven't watched and Order, so, yeah.
1: But others might have.
0: I I agree, I agree. But, again, give the maniacal laugh, you know, can you, how would you play this sort of scene? Yeah. You know, and, again, did a a great job. So I I felt they have a good cast here. They got a lot more out of a couple of them than I think they had in the past. Mary, I think, had just such a better arc this season than in the past two.
1: Yes, Definitely.
0: Her whole thing really gave her a chance to to step to the f- the forefront of the script and such in a way she just never got before. Mm-hmm. So
1: she's always been a good character, but she was really allowed to shine this season. Yeah, but I think it took him a while to figure
0: out what her character really was. Definitely, especially in first season. First season, she was the the socialite stepsister. Then we introduced the whole clinic thing, because, well, how else is she going to interact with Team Batwoman and such? Mm-hmm. And then she kind of gets in the know, so she can be in the Batcave and stuff. It's like they had to keep figuring out, how do we use her?
1: But the clinic was also the ultimate proof that her stepsister had never taken the time to get to know her.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, but it just felt like they had a character that at the outset, the game plan was ill-conceived potentially, and therefore they, they retooled, not retooled the character, but retooled the use of the character.
1: They wanted Jacob Kane to think he was raising two totally opposite daughters.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: seems to have been kind of the, the two sentence or whatever.
0: Well, it was more the replacement daughter for having le- lost Beth and kind of pushed Kate a little bit away.
1: Right, definitely. But she had to be the opposite of Kate in every way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and then as we're learning, there's a lot more to Kate than he realizes. We're also learning that as much as he thought he was close to Mary, there was a lot more to Mary than anyone realized.
0: Yeah, we definitely got a lot of that near the end of season two, in particular. Do you think there'll be any holdover on kind of the changes she went through this season next season? Because she's been impacted by what was it the uh, what was the the flower thing first season?
1: Oh, uh, the Desert Rose.
0: The Desert Rose. She had the whole arc with Poison Ivy this season. Mm-hmm. Is there any either holdover or ramifications of that? I mean, are they going to do with her kind of what they did with Caitlin Snow over in Flash? Oh, she's just the, the medical techie and stuff like that. But then let's give her powers. Let's go do stuff.
1: I don't think they're going to do that with her. I think that she was always supportive of Ryan with the community, Sarah. Kind of a funding the community centers. Your equivalent to my clinic, mm-hmm. and at one point they had talked about putting those in the same building.
0: Yeah, I think that was even maybe
1: that was just a few episodes. Okay, into yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. I they was talked say, about
0: end of last season, early this yeah. season. Yeah.
1: But I think next season that would be Mary's thrust because she feels that she needs to make amends for her poison ivy phase.
0: It would be funny if she's doing a lot of that stuff. In almost becoming the de facto CEO of Wayne Enterprises, as is Ryan still the face person, but she, you know, Mary's doing the actual work.
1: I think Sophie's also going to end up working officially at Wayne.
0: Has to. She's either as head of security in name or some such. Yeah. I half expect her to get a costume before too long.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: And I don't know where they stand on, say, the Huntress name, but that's one that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. The other one, and I'm trying to think if they've already used this in any of the shows. They used it in uh, Young Justice is where I saw it. There was a character in the Green Arrow backup in Detective Comics back in around the 80s called Onyx that has enough visual similarity to uh, Sophie. And I think the costume would look great. Mm. And it's another street level vigilante, you know, who can fight and stuff like that. Yeah. So. That's an alias they they could easily, I think, leverage if they wanted to. But that all depends. Do they get the fourth season? And if not, I feel they at least ended this on a, the adventures aren't over, but we don't necessarily have to, we didn't leave major things unresolved other than the tease at the end.
1: Yeah, they had a good, clean ending for me. And honestly, I think they hit kind of the sweet spot in the number of episodes. There weren't episodes where I'm like, Okay, why are we having this episode?
0: Yeah, they didn't feel like filler episodes or... Well, 13 episodes I think works for their shows when they're not doing crossovers. Yeah. If they had tried to shoehorn even an episode of this into a crossover, that would have been a problem. Yeah. And I would almost prefer it if when they get back to the point that they can do crossovers, if they were to do arcs for these shows and then a separate, okay... Here's the summer crossover, or something. I was going
1: to say, the crossovers could be like the equivalent of a two hour movie.
0: Or it's, you know, here's one week every either six months or or season or whatever. It's like Monday through Friday at eight o'clock, come in for an hour. Yeah. You know? And there have been some crossovers they've done where it's, okay, this is the Arrow characters. Here are the Flash characters for their episode, you know, legend for theirs. And it was very, the story flowed. A few characters did. But, and there have been others where it's like everybody's in every episode and it it was really team thing. Mm -hmm. If they could figure out a way to have the characters continue having their own adventure and find a way that doesn't interrupt those and do kind of like the Defenders series on Netflix. Yeah. Pull them all together or pull a bunch of them together and go have their adventures. You know, they come in, they do something for three, four episodes, or maybe it's a two night, two hour event or An hour every five, you know, over the course of five days or whatever. Yeah. But something to really amp up the excitement, have something that the characters can really shine in, have them interact in ways they don't normally do, could be fun. Yeah, it could. It's going to be hard to follow up a Crisis. Mm. I don't think the Armageddon stuff they did in Flash really counts as a crossover in the same way. It was a Flash story that had a lot of guest stars. Yeah. And having Diggle kind of show up in various shows is cool but isn't going anywhere or hasn't gone anywhere yet. Yeah. And it's it's too slow of a payoff for where they really left that character at the end of Arrow to be satisfying. Mhm. I mean, there's that and there's also whatever happened to William. Not that I expect that to play out here, but seeing Mia Queen in in Gotham could be fun. Yeah. So they they've got a lot of fun stuff they can do. It's just do they get another season, and if so, what's their game plan for it? Anything else?
1: I think that does it.
0: Cool. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.